Hey, hey, hey. What's good, guys? Welcome back. How we doing? Off season. Getting into it now. And uh, today, we've got a fun one for you. I'm going to split this into two parts. Um, one for offense, one for defense. And basically, what I just wanted to do on uh, this kind of mini two-parter is I wanted to walk you through how I am planning on doing my scouting. So like I've mentioned fairly recently, uh, if you've been listening, if you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy. I hope you like, comment, subscribe, and all that good stuff. If you're a returning listener, I appreciate you. Um, we're still building here. And I'm excited for this uh, this whole draft season again. I did so much of the draft last year. I loved it. Um, I mentioned before I had like 10, 11, 12 pages of notes or something. Part of it got into a uh, into a draft guide and uh, just had a ton of fun with the actual scouting process and kind of getting to know players and try and figure things out. It was the first time that I really got into the draft. And I want to do it again this year. Really enjoyed it. And I'm going to be following a similar outline of everything. Oh, that's fun. I got the dog and the cat playing tag in the background. I want to follow a similar kind of outline as far as how I was scouting, what resources I was using, all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, I feel like now that we've been with uh, Shanahan and Lynch for six seasons now. We're finally, there's some things that always kind of, you know, throw us for a loop, you know, the, the third, fourth round running backs that end up being a bust. Like that's always weird. Um, but trying to figure out, you know, what are the recurring themes in terms of who they draft and how they play the game, how they put their team together, what kind of players that they like, so basically, I'm trying to combine this outline of how I'm going to be scouting these guys, and then I'm going to be also using what we've kind of learned as far as Shanahan, his scheme, tendencies, what kind of players they look for, all that kind of stuff, to get a better idea about who actually makes sense for the Niners. I feel like this is going to be a challenge, especially... Because we don't pick until around 99 or 100 or whatever. So a lot of very good players are going to be gone off the board. One thing that Shanahan and Lynch have showed us is they are really good at drafting in the late rounds. Obviously, a lot of the credit goes to the scouting department. And uh, it's one reason why it is disappointing losing so many of the uh, scouts and coaches every single year. But it is what it is. Uh, I have trust and faith in Shanahan until they give me reason not to. So with that being said, I'm going to get into how I'm going to be scouting. Um, so I'll go through the general kind of what I'm looking for, um, the overview, and then I'll get into position groups. And as we go through the position groups, I'll try and also tie into it um, receivers that 
they've already drafted and players that they've signed in order to give us clues on how we might try and find the next 49er. Because again, we got a lot of draft picks. We got 10, but we don't get them until pick 100. So it's going to be fun trying to find those guys. And uh, currently I've got about 90 or 100 players on a list that I'm uh, working on putting together some information. I tried my best to not get any players that are expected to go top 50. Um, if, if it was considered a first round prospect, I basically ignored it. If it was a top 50 prospect, I pretty much ignored it. Um, but it's also kind of tricky. Um, and again, we'll get into more of this detail because there's, there's very different views on where a player is likely to get drafted this time of the year, depending on who you ask, you know, there's the draft network, there's the draft dudes, there's PFF, uh, TDN, uh, pro football network, um, mock till you walk or walk like you mock or whatever. So there's, I've tried like five different draft guides and they all have different players in different areas. Um, but I'm just trying to kind of use the consensus so that way we can get an idea of, Hey, who's actually going to be available and who might be a good fit. But anyways, uh, with that kind of initial preview, um, let's get going. So uh, I'm just going to basically talk you through my draft guide and uh, how I'm planning to scout these players. So first thing is resources. So what resources am I going to be using? So I'll be honest, I try and use as many resources as possible. Um, so a very valuable resource is draft guides. Uh, PFF just recently released their version 1.0. So obviously there's the Pro Football Focus draft guide. Uh, there is the Pro Football Network draft guide. It is not out yet that I'm aware of, uh, but I did use it last year. Uh, there is also the Athletic. They put out the Beast. Again, not out yet, but I did use it last year. And uh, another one that I really like that's, if you like offense, highly, highly, highly recommend uh, Matt Waldman, the RSP, the Rookie Scouting uh, uh, Portfolio or Profile. Um, but anyways, so PFF, PFN, The Beast, and Matt Waldman's RSP, those are typically four very, very good draft guides. I feel like between those four, um, over the next month or so, they'll start coming out. And there's a whole lot of information on a lot of different prospects. And I also like getting the different draft guides because you're going to get different takes and different opinions um, from different writers and different scouts. But, you know, again, one guy might have a guy as a third rounder. Another might have him as a fifth rounder. One way or the other, you can expect they're probably going to be in that range if the general consensus is in that area. Um, so, yeah, PFF, PFN, The Beast, RSP, those are all draft guides that I'll be using as we get close to the draft. Um, also other just general draft media sources. Um, so TDN, the draft network, uh, their website and their podcast, a lot of great information. Um, 
I really like the uh, the draft dudes. It's a great uh, podcast, just in terms of like talking about the draft. I know that uh, Locked On also has uh, Locked On NFL Draft. Uh, so again, you know they're going to be talking about all the uh, you know a lot of different players and who they're going to be scouting and everything. Uh, the next thing that I'll start using, and I've already kind of started playing around with these, is mock draft machines. I want to go on just a tiny little tangent rant here, and that one of the most annoying things, because I like doing mock drafts. You know, I do I do mock drafts. I do them on different websites. I try different ones. I see, you know who's available where approximately and, you know, what strategy can I use as far as, you know, what I think the team needs are and all that kind of stuff. What annoys me the most is when you post one of those and one of those on Twitter and people come in and they're like, Oh, he'll never be there. It's like, dude, you don't know. You don't know. It's February. I don't care if you watch this guy and you're like, there's no way he lasts till the fourth round. Like, no, I don't care. I don't care if you don't think he'll be there. That's cool. You know what? He was there. I picked him. Maybe he's not there in a different draft, uh, a different mock draft. Maybe PFF and TDN have different thoughts on a guy and, you know, one of them, he's a second rounder. There's a fourth rounder. And you're like, oh, he'll be gone. Like, I don't care. He was there. I picked him. It's my mock draft. Shut up. So, yeah, the people who are like, oh, so-and-so will never be there. Just shut up. I don't care. Sorry. I just, it's one of the dumbest things ever. It's like, you're, it's literally a fantasy pretend draft. <laughs> like, I'm making this shit up. <laughs> I'm playing with the machine here. I'm, I'm spitballing ideas at the wall. You don't need to tell me how dumb I am that some computer algorithm thinks that a guy is still going to be there. Like, I get it. You, you disagree, but like, shut up about somebody not being there. Like, come on, dude. It's February. Nobody knows where the fuck anybody goes. Unless this is like a consensus top 15 player. You don't know. You don't know. And even then, like, you might have a guy that somebody thinks is really good. Something crazy comes out. Like, who was the guy? Uh, Matt Corral. Matt Corral was a fairly highly viewed prospect. Do you remember this? Like a year ago? And uh, people were like, wow, you know, he could be a really good quarterback. He's got he's got potential. And then, you know, it was like he was viewed as like a second or third or fourth round prospect, like a day two prospect or something. Then it turned out he had a bad knee and it was like, cool, undrafted. Like, you don't know. You don't know. And you never do know until the actual draft. So until the actual draft happens and your guy goes as high as you think he's going to go, shut up because I don't care. It's my mock draft. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> um, moving on. But one thing I do like as far as the mock draft machines as a resource is that it gives you a general consensus. As long as you're using different mock draft machines, it gives you an idea about what players at what positions are going to be at certain points during the draft. You know, if you are using, you know, three different mock draft machines and they all have, you know, say a tight end available, pick 100. You know what? That's realistic. Cool. If some player is always gone at a certain point, well, hey, maybe he actually is going to be higher than that. 
it also gives you an idea of, hey, you know, I I personally think the offensive and defensive line are probably going to be big focuses for the Niners. That's probably going to be their comp picks if they stay there uh, in the third round. Uh, so I don't think they're going to – I don't I don't expect them to go, say, corner or wide receiver with their comp pick. So maybe I'm going to start looking at fifth rounders for those – well, what corners and wide receivers are normally there in the fifth round? You know, who? what are the names that keep showing up in my fifth round on the mock drafts? Cool. Who's that guy? Now we can scout him out. So I like the mock draft machines because it gives you an idea of, again, this is kind of general consensus across multiple different sources. Who's expected to be where at what time? So that way we can kind of start scouting them. Um... Next resource that I'll use is highlights. Um, highlights are not everything. Highlights are, uh, I forget who said it, but highlights are like um, reading the dating profile on someone. You know, like they're, they're only going to show you the best traits. They're not going to show you anything bad and they're going to try and sell themselves, you know? <laughs> so highlights is basically all the good. The one thing that I do like about highlights is that Say that you're like, hey, who is this random wide receiver? Well, let me put on a three-minute highlight video on YouTube. You can pretty quickly get a general idea about how he wins and what he's good at. Oh, cool. He always wins, you know, contested catches. Oh, cool. He's always wide open downfield. Oh, cool. He is breaking tackles. So it gives you an idea about how they're winning. Obviously, you still need to go in and watch the game film in order to see, you know, play in, play out. How are they? But the highlights can show you at the very least, how does this player win? What's he good at? So it's, it gives you a very, a very quick way to kind of cool. What's the, what's the best of this guy? Um, but yeah, I forget what it is. It was, uh, the saying was basically, uh, like watching a highlight video is like reading a dating profile. Whereas watching the all 22 is interviewing the X. <laughs> I forget who said that, but uh, yeah, all 22. Uh, next resource is going to be a uh, YouTube game film. So yeah, uh, YouTube, a lot of the times you can watch, uh, you can type in a player and you can say, uh, you know, player name versus, or, uh, Say you want to watch uh, somebody on a team. Maybe they don't have player versus, but you'll be able to look at like, you know, school offense versus. So you type that up, school defense versus. You type that on YouTube, do a quick search, and cool. You know, now I get to watch, uh, say, LSU's defense versus Alabama's offense. Cool. We're going to watch, you know, one thing that is good with, uh, obviously, you know, uh, TV the TV view isn't always good, but what you can get is at least you can typically get a decent view of offensive and defensive lines since they're going to be focusing on, you know, O-line, D-line, and the quarterback until the ball is thrown. So at the very least, you know, if you watch offense versus defense versus, you can usually get like an offensive or defensive line. As long as you can see the numbers, you can recognize the body, um, then you can, you know, kind of get, get a little bit of info. Uh, YouTube game film wasn't the best, but you know, it, it never hurts to try. Um, 
Another thing is uh, the combine and drill work film. So during the combine, combine's not everything, but it is a data point at least. Uh, the drills are a data point. Um, East-West Shrine. Um, so one thing that I do always kind of make a personal note of when I'm doing this uh, draft prospect uh, kind of stuff is the East-West Shrine game and the Senior Bowl. The reason why um, I always think it's important to take note of those is because these are draft eligible eligible players against other draft eligible players who are expected to be drafted. So again, like there's a certain level of competition when you're at the shrine, when you're at the shrine game and the senior bowl. And it's not, again, the be-all and the end-all, but what it is, is it's, hey, draft-eligible prospect who's going to be coming out in the draft against another draft-eligible prospect. Who stands out in a good way? Who stands out in a bad way? It's, it's just a good kind of a barometer because you're getting a certain level of competition. So one thing I always like to do and... Uh, is at least I'll, I'll, I'll do like a, a search of all the East-West Shrine coverage and all the Senior Bowl coverage, and I'll just try and find out like, hey, you know, who are the guys that stood out uh, to the scouts at both these places? And I'll just, I'll just add that as a little note for that player. You know, I'll just pop into my notes and, hey, Senior Bowl standout. So, bam, that way I know at the very least this guy did good against draft-eligible level competition. Um, another thing uh, with uh, the senior bowl, especially is, uh, and I'm getting into this next one is just YouTube film. Uh, so there's two guys specifically that I've noticed that put out a lot of senior bowl, uh, the practice reps, which is awesome. So on YouTube, uh, Scott Kennedy and couch potato GM, so just YouTube search Scott Kennedy and the other person is Couch Potato GM. Uh, they both have a good amount of Senior Bowl reps. Couch Potato D GM has a ton of it um, where it's literally just like uh, pretty much every single rep of like the uh, of the Senior Bowl practices. So like, hey, one on one right wide receivers versus DBs. And it's just like a seven minute video of, hey, wide receiver versus DB. And it just has the name, and then it shows the rep. And then it'll be the next guy. And, hey, wide receiver versus name, and then you see the rep. Hey, wide receiver versus name, and you see the rep. Again, obviously it's not everything. It's not game film. But when you're seeing these one-on-ones, or like, you know, offensive tackle versus defensive end, you know, name, name, and then you see the rep. They go at it. Who's winning? Um, it's not everything, but you can watch these reps of one-on-ones uh, for these players against a certain level of competition. You can also see how well they improve on day one versus day two. Um, and again, Couch Potato GM, um, I was just actually looking at it. And let me see here. So he's got uh, wide receivers versus defensive backs. Uh, day one, he's got two videos. Uh, then he's got O-line versus D-line. Uh, let's see here. That's a seven-minute video. Uh, day two, wide receivers versus defensive backs. He's got two four-minute videos. And it gets, again, it's just reps. 
Um, yeah, so he's got basically two five-minute videos per day for each group. So O-line, D-line, um, wide receiver versus DBs. Let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. He's got 12 videos of just practice, uh, just senior bowl practice reps for the, the three days of practice. So highly recommend if you want to get familiar with a few of those guys who made it to the senior bowl, great resource. Um, cool. Another, uh, some other ones that I'll use for YouTube film, uh, John Chapman, of course, 49ers rush podcast and, uh, Matt Waldman. I mentioned him again, W A L D M A N, uh, the RSP, uh, again, great resources on YouTube, film breakdowns, all that kind of stuff. Um, another very important thing that I'll use the resources is, uh, just the official measurements. So I try not to use their, um, their listed measurements that they, you know, <laughs> so-and-so coming onto the field at six foot four, 312 pounds. And really he's like six, three, two ninety eight. So try and get their official measurements. So, you know, whether that's senior bowl, uh, whether that's the shrine measurements or the combine measurements. Uh, but typically you want to get their actual official measurements, not necessarily what their listed measurements are. Because a lot of the times listed is just a, a bit of an exaggeration. Um, I always like to say that, uh, you know, your listed is, uh, you know, your listed is basically like <laughs> it's what you are with cleats and pads on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you probably gained about a, about an inch and about 10 pounds. Um, and you know, you got your chest all puffed up. So just kind of something there. And another resource, uh, just in general, um, as far as the scouting stuff goes, uh, stats matter, but stats are not the be all end all. Um, when it comes to scouting, there's some stuff that stats can tell you. And there's a lot of stuff that stats just can't tell you, uh, you know, be that the scheme that they're playing in, uh, the, the, uh, quarterback or whatever it is, you know, say that you're a scouting receiver. If he has a trash quarterback, well, Hey, maybe he's actually going to be a lot better. You got to watch the game film and, uh, see him running some routes. And then you realize, Oh, he's wide open every single play, but the quarterback sucks and the scheme doesn't target him. Um, so stats matter, but they're not the be all and end all. All these things are just individual data points. So it's kind of what I'm getting at with as far as the resources goes is, uh, these are individual data points. Um, but there's no one data point is higher than another. You want to get as many data points as possible. And then from there, uh, you kind of put together your, uh, scouting profile, uh, for these players. Yeah. So, uh, keeping all that stuff in mind, this is an outline. Everything's fluid. Not every prospect is going to have all the information possible or be limited to the information that we have. Um, and then another resource that I didn't mention, um, last year I was fortunate enough to get all 22 access to a lot of college, all 22 tape. I don't know how I'm going to do that this year. Um, I do feel like all 22 is the absolute best in terms of scouting. 
because it shows you the good, the bad, the ugly from every single angle, and you can always see the player that you want to watch. Highlight videos don't do that. Game film doesn't always do that, at least the broadcast view. So I'm going to try and get all 22 access. I don't know how much or if, um, but I'm definitely going to try and get some all 22 uh, coach game film. Cool. Um, so going into these next couple things and, uh, I've made a, I'm calling an audible, by the way, this is going to be a three parter. Um, so the next thing that I'm going to keep in mind is after we do all that stuff, the next thing is scheme fit. So obviously Shanahan runs a specific scheme. And as we go through the different draft prospects and the different position groups, we're going to talk about how Shanahan uses each of these different positions. Some players are going to be better fits than others. You hear so much that scheme matters so much when it comes to player success. So scheme fit really does matter. And uh, we will definitely discuss, discuss scheme fit quite a bit. It's going to be a very important thing when it comes to scouting. Um, in general, just some thoughts, uh, when it comes to drafting a player, you're typically going to be looking at, is this a starter player? Is this a role player? Or is this rotation slash depth? So your first round players, typically when you draft a first rounder, you want to get a good starter. That's what you're looking for. Your first round picks are good starters, potential pro bowlers. Day two players. So your second and third round, uh, picks. Those you want to be starters. If you're picked in the second or third round, the team is expecting that you're going to be a starter on that team, either this year or next year, but they're expecting you to be a starter, play a significant role. Um, now, again, we have three third round picks at the end of the third. I'm not too sure if we're going to have starters there or not. I don't know if the team will be looking for it, but that's kind of my general view is if it's a day two pick, I expect them to be a starter. And then your day three picks, typically these are going to be rotational players, role players, and depth players. So we're hoping that we can get a couple starters out of this draft class. We're hoping that we can get some rotational players, some role players, and some depth players. Um, as far as expecting a good starter, it's going to be difficult without a first, especially without a first or a second. But that's kind of how I like to think as the, uh, of the draft picks. And again, just in general, as we get into this, what's the player's physical profile? Um, you know, are they, are they tall? Are they short? Are they long? Are they short and squatty? Are they lanky? Are they flexible? Are they stiff? Um, you know, are they, are they built like a bowling ball, you know, like a, like a nose tackle or a running back? Or are they just, you know, long and lean and, you know, they can cover well or they can reach out and go get things. So what's their physical profile? Uh, the next thing is position prototype. So that's kind of something that I like to think of as position prototype. So just in general, like wide receiver. Is this a big physical wide receiver? Is this a speed receiver? Is this a possession receiver is this a guy who's a slot slot receiver or is this a guy who's just a good route runner and he's good at separating um that's kind of what i think of in terms of a uh 
a, a prototype for a player or like a safety, you know, is it a free safety or a strong safety? Is this a single high safety or a box safety? Or is it a hybrid safety? Or is this kind of like a nickel corner slash box safety? Like a, like a Chauncey Gardner Johnson or something like that. So there's different types of prototypes for a lot of different players. Or defensive tackle. Are you looking at, you know, a a 6'3", 340-pound, you know, run-stuffing, one-technique nose tackle? Or is this more of a, you know, a, uh, is this more of a 6'2", 283 tech? You know, is, is this a, uh, is this a fast penetrating three technique? Or is this a run-plugging, run-stuffer? Um, you know, is this a DeForest Buckner kind of a technician, technician who uses their length and flexibility uh, to rush the passer, or is this more of just like a powerful bull rusher? So I like that idea of like a position prototype because it's kind of gives you a little bit of a mindset on who, who they are. Uh, the next thing is just in general, how do they win? So how do they win? What is it that they do well that helps them win when they're on the field? Another very important thing is how often do they win? Are they winning every single rep or are they winning half the time? You know, again, like highlight videos, highlight videos are great, but, you know, do you only have 10 highlights over the course of the season and then the rest of the season you were terrible? Or is this a guy where I put on a game tape and he plays well every single snap all game and even the plays that aren't highlights, quote unquote, He's doing his job, he's filling his gap, he is executing his assignment. How often are you winning? Uh, next thing to keep in mind is just competition level. You know, are you playing at a, you know, quote unquote, low level college, or are you playing at a high level college? You know, did you dominate, uh, did you dominate in JUCO, but then you struggled when you got to the SEC? Or did you dominate against everyone? It didn't matter in the biggest games against the best players in the playoffs. You know, did you perform at your best or did you struggle? So competition level, it matters. And it's good just to, again, use a barometer, a reference. That's why I like the East West Shrine and the Senior Bowl. Uh, next thing is just, will it translate at the next level? Sometimes a guy wins in college a certain way, but you know what? In the NFL, players are bigger, faster, stronger. Will that actually translate? Uh, that's one reason why uh, the Senior Bowl, and again, Shrine matters, um, but also another reason why the Combine matters. If you're winning off of speed in college, but then it turns out of the uh, NFL Combine, you know, you're say you're a receiver and you're winning with speed downfield, but then at the combine you run like a four five two. That's not going to translate, you know, but if you're winning Danny Gray, Danny Gray, when you saw him in college, he was winning with speed and you were like, wow, this guy looks fast. When he runs a four, three, three official, you're like, okay, this guy is fast. So, you know, will it translate to the next level? Yes, you're winning with strength, but how strong are you against, you know, grown man strength in the NFL? Uh, the next thing is, uh, what do you struggle with? So what what are these players, you know, obviously, what do they win with? But what are they struggling at? 
You know, um, I know that a lot of the times when I'm, say, watching an offensive lineman, a lot of the times you see offensive linemen like offensive tackles in college and everything looks really good until they've got to move laterally and they get that speed rusher and they just look really stiff. Well, maybe you're not an offensive tackle in the NFL. Maybe you're a guard. Um, one guy that comes to mind just right off the top of my head is uh, Cordell Volson. Um, he played at uh, North Dakota State and he ended up getting drafted by the Bengals. And I remember watching him and he played right tackle at NDSU. And I remember watching him and I was like, this guy is good. I like this guy. I like, I like this. I like that. But he looks a little bit stiff and I'm worried about his lateral agility. I don't think he's going to be able to play tackle in the NFL. Well, he's playing guard for the Bengals right now. So again, like what do you struggle with? How do you counter that? Um, and then just in general, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? But one thing that I try and do is I'm going to try and find everything that I like. You know, what do I like about this guy? What I like about this guy, all their positives. And then once I got what they, what I like, you got to poke holes in it. So now I find everything that I like, all the positives and then on the opposite end, I'm going to poke holes in that and I'm going to try and find every single weakness and reason why they won't succeed. So I hope this also helps you. Um, but this is kind of, you know, just again, my general overview about how I'm going to be approaching this draft. Um, the draft is in approximately two months exactly. It's February 20th right now when I'm recording this. The draft is somewhere around April 15th or 20th or whatever. Uh, the way I see it is, realistically, we've got about six weeks, uh, maybe seven weeks to do all of our draft stuff and get an idea about who these players are. And hope that this is a, also a valuable resource for you so you can say, hey, this is how I'm going to you know, go scout these different players. So anyways, I'm going to head out of here, um, come back for part two and part three. Uh, again, on the next one, we will be going through offense, position by position, what I look for, and comparing it to the 49ers' current players. And then the final one will be defense, same thing, what I look for at the different position groups and how that compares to the guys that the Niners have drafted so far. So, appreciate you for listening. And uh, like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, all that good stuff. Um, until next time, as always, go Niners.